0: Hello, and welcome back to the Christian Reef podcast. Today's guest is an actor, content creator. His name is Aziz Kamal. Welcome to the show. How are you doing? Thank you for having
1: me. Yeah, I'm doing very well, thanks. And uh, how about yourself?
0: All right, I'll make this real quick, because this show is about you. I had a really (laughs) bad day yesterday on set. I covered it on my Twitch. It's the first time I ever had to walk off set for something. Oh, wow. Yeah, um, faced a lot of disrespect and unprofessionalism and uh oh, it's a complete nightmare and the whole day is kind of funny actually you know when you have one of those bad days where everything that can go wrong consistently throughout the day goes wrong yeah you it's, know gonna I
1: mean? isn't it? it's never just one bad thing it's got <gasps> what what were you working on
0: well okay <laughs> so basically i didn't know that it was a student production okay so that's right. number one that there wasn't transparency there now normally nothing against students i worked with many students over the past some of whom are real professionals and will go somewhere in this industry um but in the uk i don't know not always great experiences uh for example obviously as actors we need like to build up our show reels that's my main of goal course. right now like i've got plenty for the for the voice staff i'm on spotlight i'm doing all these different things but The main thing I need to get that next level, you know, to get an agent to get noticed by the Brigger productions is to have that reel. So I'm building the footage and I've, I've had some, this, this has been my best year so far, but um, that's what I went into it thinking like, Oh, okay. This, it was presented as a web series. It was presented as, you know, exciting opportunity. You know, I I tried a different way of learning my lines, like all this cool stuff, right. And get there, I had to travel to Birmingham, really early in the morning on wow. not, not many hours sleep I'd turn down work for this you know put the sacrifices yeah. in, and I turn up and oh uh, just just unprofessional um, and you know I've, I've had bad experiences we all have um, and we'll obviously cover maybe some of yours as well yeah. but like um, it was a difficult decision to make but I felt like I had to I felt like for my own self-respect as an actor and as a person I had to walk away and it was difficult to make that decision but ultimately I felt it was the right decision to make. Um, but it is what it is, we all have a bad day but let's flip it back to you <laughs> um, since we're talking about it. Tell me about yeah. a time when in your acting career when you faced like a difficult challenge or maybe something similar to that and like what you learned from it and how you overcame it. Do you know what S- did you find this job through like Star Now or Mandy or one of them? No, it was backstage. But again, okay, well, yeah. it was it wasn't it was misrepresented. So it was presented as one thing. You get there, you find out it's something else. It's like that. Yeah. yeah.
1: So when I first started my yeah career, I was told about Star Now, Mandy, backstage, all these little websites that obviously you're going to get some good work, but you're going to get some bad work on there as well. And my first ever job, I think this was like literally the first job I ever applied to. Um, oh, man. And uh, I didn't really know what to expect. It was unpaid, but like you, similar to like you said, I was like, I just want to build a showreel, If I can get some nice footage of me, me speaking. That, that's all I wanted.
0: Yeah.
1: Anyway, um, yeah, they've, it was, a, uh, it was a house in Wembley and I'm, I live in North <laughs> London. So Wembley's not too far, it's about 20, 30 minute drive. Yeah. Anyway, so I've gone down there. I'm sitting outside this house. No one's there. It's no stretchy. one's answering the phone. <laughs> I was scared. I'm not gonna lie. I, I literally WhatsApped to my friend. I said, This is my location. If you don't hear from me within an hour, <laughs> right, <laughs> just give me a call or something, you know, send help. But luckily, it was okay. It was just a it was just a young group of guys. Um they were they were okay. They were professional but unprofessional, you know, certain mm, things were mm. like they were trying their, their, they, were, they were trying to make it in the industry. They're trying to make their own short films. Um, I think they were of Sri Lankan background. I can't really remember. Ooh. So the whole film was in a different language, but they just needed me to say like a couple of lines in French. Anyway, it was okay. It wasn't too much of a bad day, but they told me I was going to get paid £50. So I was like, okay, fine. I'm happy to like... I didn't even ask for money. I I was happy to do it for free. But they said, they told me they were going to do it for £50. Anyway, um, yeah, months and months were just going by, going by, going by. I'm emailing, calling, texting, WhatsApp, everything. And I'm thinking, am I really chasing £50? Like, is it, is it, it's not that much money, but like, it's it's just a principle, isn't it? It's like, you told me I'm getting paid. I sent you my invoice. You haven't paid me. Um, but yeah, I remember I think I got paid about 6 months later or something. But for me that was a big lesson. It was just like try to find out who the people are you're going to be working with beforehand. See their work before you work like before you work with them. Get them to send you their showreel of their direct uh, whatever they've directed or filmed or whatever it is. Um but yeah, that was that was one of the early experiences, but it kind of just made me straight away think right I I can't do this again because it just it was just frustrating you know and like yeah it was just a weird experience for me that that was probably one of the I haven't really had a proper proper bad experience just yet so yeah. yeah
0: yeah I mean you've touched on a really good point there and that's kind of a similar lesson I, I suppose I learned with this because while the initial advert that I received for my project wasn't given away much as far as you know, the fact that they were students and stuff, yeah. um, there was the ability to look into those people, which I didn't do. For example, I found out later on that like, the director was an act, uh, Sorry, a student actor and I was like, ah, see if I'd have looked up his page, I would have seen that and I would have realized that and that, that's on yeah. me. Um, but with that being said, I mean, it doesn't matter if you're, you know, starting out or you're right at the top of the industry. Professionalism, I think as a concept, is something you can have at any age and something right something like that like you've sent an invoice through you've done it the right way which is i was going to raise that but you obviously you've already so cleared that up so you did that basically to any actors watching get paid first get it up front or at the very least uh, ask for like 50 now 50 later so you've got some sort of insurance um but yeah, no, I mean, I've had instances, I, I still got stuff I'm waiting to be paid for now. And it's like yeah. two months, three months. And part of that is the industry and obviously actors with self-employed. So for anyone that's in self-employment, I know people deal with this. I dealt with this in marketing, for example. Mm. It's just unfortunate. And ironically, the bigger the company, sometimes the uh, the longer you have to wait. <laughs> yeah, No. um but yeah, no, I suppose it is it is good to look into people and, and get an idea. I know that websites like Backstage, for example, which is one that I use quite a lot, they tend to have like a message at the top that indicates a listing where the website hasn't reviewed it. So mm-hmm. normally they'll go through a few hoops and it'll be like, okay, this person's credited with X amount of projects, they're trustworthy, et cetera. But there's a lot of instances where people aren't, maybe it's their first posting, whatever. Yeah and yeah and there's there's like little red flags you i suppose you can look out for but um yeah No, since we're talking about your acting like let's just jump straight into that as well so how did you first get into acting like talk us through that journey
1: (sighs) um it's a long story but i'll try to i'll try to keep (laughs) it short um so as a child i used to go drama school you know i don't know if you might have done you know singing acting dancing all of that like on the weekends Nice. Uh, it was good fun when I was when I was a kid. I never really thought of it as something that big. It was kind of just for fun. I enjoyed it, and then a part of me was like, okay, maybe maybe I can do something with this. Then I did um, my GCSE drama. Um, had a bit of a nightmare uh, GCSE exam where I forgot my lines. Oh no. Um, and I just screamed in front of the whole class, like, yeah, it was just a nightmare. And I remember that day, I just said to myself, you know what, I'm, I'm done with acting. I can't do it. So that was the beginning. And then in my uh, late 20s, this may be a quarter-life crisis, if you want to call it. <laughs> you know, um, I had a girlfriend at the time. I had an office job that I was just bored of. I... I was searching, I was searching for something. I was like, I, I, need, I need to do something that I like. I need to do something I'm passionate about. And randomly, one of my friends asked me to be an extra on, um, yeah, I think it was for Barber, you know, the jackets that they made. Yeah, so it was, it was a Barber jacket commercial. And he was like, oh, they're looking for extras. Do you want to come with me? I said, okay, why not? We went down um, and randomly out of everyone that was there, there was about a hundred of us. They, um, they were looking for someone to be a stand-in for the main actor because he hadn't arrived yet. So I'm just standing there and I'm like, oh, for some reason I was like, I really hope they pick me. Anyway, this guy just picked me out of the crowd and he said, okay, we're gonna just use you as a stand-in just to walk down the stairs and we're just gonna follow you with the camera just to see what it looks like on, on the screen. I've done it a few times. And for some reason I was just like, wow, this this feels really good. like. The fact that I was just doing it in front of people when I hadn't done anything like that before, it just gave me this weird confidence where I was like, I'm really, I really like the fact that I'm on camera. It was, yeah. After that, the main actors arrived. They've said, um, okay, Aziz, we're done with you now. Go back into, you're an extra again, stuck you in the back, can't be seen, whatever. So I'm like, wow, okay, fine. Russo. Bruce- uh, <laughs> yeah, I just, I just, You know, you know how it is in the industry. A
0: Tough industry. Yeah,
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) but yeah, so I've gone away and then one of the directors is speaking with someone and he's like, I I overheard him and he said, oh, I like the way he looks on camera. And I thought, oh, okay, maybe something's happening here. Anyway, they pulled me over. They said, look, we want to put you upstairs with the main models. I was like, excuse me? Like what? What's going on right now? Like this this is incredible. They've sent me upstairs, sent me to hair and makeup, put some clothes on me, and they've just sent me next to all these models. And I'm like, wow, I've literally just come on set as an extra and I've ended up by the models and I'm going to be in the commercial. So I started talking to the to the models and actors and I'm like, just trying to find out, like, how did you guys get this job? Because I was just asked by a friend they've told me they've gone to drama school, they've got agents, blah, blah, blah. I've started noting everything down. You know, I was kind of like, right, this is what everyone's telling me. They've, they've gone to drama school, they've got an agent. This is, this is how we're going to get in. Mm-hmm. So there was a drama school that popped up quite a lot, Identity. I don't know if you've heard of them. Um, yeah, so Identity, Drama, I was like, cool, I'm signing up. I signed up, started doing part-time drama. Um, and then at the end of my second term, the drama school uh, said, oh, we like you. We want to sign you up into our agency. So I got signed up to their agency, built up a little bit of a show real slowly through Star Now and all that. And then, um, yeah, put me on spotlight, started getting auditions just through my agent. And then, yeah, pretty much that's what it was. That was the beginning of how I kind of got straight in. And then obviously, I've changed agents and things like that, but that was that's the beginning of the journey.
0: Thanks for sharing. Yeah, a couple of questions just off the back of yeah. that. So walk us through like the timeline of that. When was that extras um, shot and then to present day? Like, how long are we talking?
1: So I think this was in 2017. Right. I think I... I um, yeah, it was the first extra job, and then I got into drama school. And then I think it was around... 2018, 2019, when things started to kind of, it was like the showreel was kind of there and then mm. it was getting more auditions. Um, yeah, that's when it kind of began. 2019, I would say, is when it started to feel more like, right, I'm getting auditions con- uh, consistently. But yeah, 2017 is, was the beginning.
0: So I mean, it will sound like an obvious question, but obviously I'm still building mine right now. I'm, yeah, I'm five years in, and this has been my best year so far. But still, like yourself, so, like uh, trying to get those building blocks. Like I only just got on of spotlight f- this year. Congratulations! Uh, you know, uh, thanks. Um, <laughs> yeah. But like with okay with the show reel. How quickly would you say you started getting like more meaningful kind of auditions off the back of that? Was it like an instant thing or did it take some time? Like,
1: um,
0: So I was advised
1: to just put some monologues on my showreel to okay. begin with. And I did that. I put a bunch of monologues and I also use, obviously, you know, I do my content stuff. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah. So I made two showreels and I just put monologues and then I put comedy stuff basically mm, okay. and it, it kind of just showed two different sides to me obviously my comedy is very character related you know like it's me doing different accents and different voices and things like that so what, once i had those on there i feel like it helped and then yeah then slowly slowly um through little jobs on star now and through um yeah small little commercials that i did that kind of got added onto the showreel, and now everything's separate now. It's like I've got my commercial, TV, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, that's kind of
0: how I got into it. Lovely organisation. Uh, it makes me very happy. You <laughs> <laughs> um, would just... think so. <laughs> mate, mate, it, it pleases me. Like, I mean, I don't know if you've ever seen the stuff I've done online, like, with my yeah, organization yeah. i'm very like meticulous with that and it's not really i mean i don't know it's sort of going i mean ever since i signed up on spotlight for example i've got a, an influx of like offers for extra stuff which and this is the question that i wanted to ask you because you know breaking out of that is tough you know for anyone who's worked on a set before done extras work or who's kind of stuck in that and trying to break through it, it can be pretty hard like for example you posted a video within the last week where it was and it was beautiful it was like you on set on an extra thing kind of just looking a bit fed up like and then fast forward (laughs) to like years later and you're being featured in something and it's like yeah you know chase your dreams basically and for me yeah I look at that and like it's a source of inspiration I'm like well damn like he's he's doing it man he's he's really doing it and it's beautiful to see and I'm glad it's tough as well because like when you're trying to make it for yourself it's you get told all this different information, like, and I give an example. So with the extra stuff, I've received all sorts of advice. I hear stuff like what you just said, where people go, oh, you can get featured. Oh, you can get bumped up to this. Who knows what could happen? And mm. with what you said there about a director looking at how you look and stuff and deciding that you you look good on camera, that's a big reason to do extras work. You know, I've also spent time telling friends based on the information I've been given, um, to like not necessarily avoid extras work but to kind of look at it for what it is like the chances of you being picked up for something are slim because you're in the background you're supposed to not be seen that's kind of the whole point yeah exactly but but, but at the same time you the opportunities do come up sometimes you know Yeah, yeah maybe someone didn't show up or maybe the director changes his mind or you know you suddenly need someone and then boom you're featured right Um. I know a lot of people who've kind of got stuck into that circuit and they're doing extra stuff off the back of, you know, project after project after project, but I don't know necessarily that they're moving forward with their career. I don't know specifically what their goals are to be fair, but I mean, if you're happy being an extra as a career thing, then fair enough. But if you're looking to break through, I guess my question to you is to what point do you think it really can be useful? Like I look at it as an opportunity to meet other people in the industry uh, you know I've, I've off the back of it i've 've worked with people directors, cinematographers who are coming up just like myself, and we've done stuff together and uh, I see it as a valuable resource for networking right of course it's an opportunity to get paid as well gets you out of the office you know what i'm saying yeah, yeah. Um, but can you speak to that a little bit do you, do you think extra's work is 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 worth it i mean what what do you think I think it's very similar
1: to what you've just said i was when I first started, because I hadn't been on set right. ever, it was like it was magical. I 'm sure you know the feeling. like I was like on big movie sets, like I worked on mission Impossible right. um I worked on the Eternals, like, I got to see Tom Cruise, Angelina Jolie, and I was like, this is surreal yeah so but, but I wasn't really thinking of it too much, like if I' become an extra for ten years, i'm going to become an actor. Like, I wasn't thinking of it like that <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: I, I'm not gonna lie, I've met some really deluded people on set where so, they say things like, I've been an extra for 10 years. And I'm like, okay, so have you been to drama school? They're like, no. I'm like, have you got an agent? No, I'm like, but they're trying to tell me that they're trying to become an actor. And I'm, uh, for me, that's like, you can't just be an extra and become an actor. Right. Yeah, yeah. but um, for me at the beginning, like I said, it was just a fun experience. I got to meet lots of cool people, same as you, done lots of fun projects I'm, I met. Directors, cinematographers, other actors, singers, everything, and it was it was amazing. And the good thing is as well, extra websites these days are putting up a lot of featured roles. Yeah, and I did get two or three jobs through that, but I I never thought of being an extra like as the main like target like within our industry there's like a million different ways of becoming an actor you know Mm -hmm. like oh maybe someone sees you on stage maybe someone saw your stand-up routine maybe someone saw you online or maybe I don't know there's so many different ways so I thought with being an extra it's also a way that could work but you can't you can't rely on that it was just kind of like let me do it for a while see where it takes me Blah blah blah, like that's that's kind of how I that was my take on it. And then for me, because I worked as an extra for maybe four or wait, how many years? Maybe three or four years, I worked as an extra. Um, yeah, and then I started to get acting jobs where I was featured, where I had lines, where I um, was getting paid a lot more money Mm -hmm. to see that side and then go back to being an extra oh, if rough. I'm honest with you it was tough it was mm-hmm. very tough I-, I couldn't do it after a while I I, I did it for a-, a few more times and then I remember I said to myself one day this is the last extra job I'm ever going to do because I can't do it it's physically literally like you said that my self respect was just like I, I-, I can't I- and I'm not saying that being an extra is bad I'm not saying that and I'm not saying that it was just for me because my goals are different. It was like I want to be an actor. I can't be an extra anymore. And yeah, it's been about a year and a half since I've stopped it. But great experience, and I would advise anyone to do it for a little while.
0: Yeah, that that then that's the thing as well. Yeah. Like I've got other friends in the industry who feel the same. Like yeah, I'm not doing this anymore. And I've said like, and I've tried to kind of say the what I, you know. I think if you use it as like an admin day, you know, yeah, like play you for could, other yeah. shit, you know, network whatever. Um, but I, yeah, like, I mean, every time I do it, I think about other projects I've done where I've been actually featured, like I did a few short films this year where like one of which I was the lead character in another, I was a supporting character in it and I love it and I'm acting, I'm doing it. And yeah. then you go back to an extras thing, like you said, and it's like, <laughs> I mean, I, I will say this, right? For anyone who's doing extras work, let me be clear. It, I know that feeling, you know when you're just brushed aside sometimes you're featured a bit more prominently you know I I was on at Hollyoaks recently and I was like it was quite close-knit like I assumed it would be like oh 50 people and I'm like in the background chanting something right but Mm. we it was very close-knit it was just like five of us with the main cast and we were talking and I was getting advice and it was it was beautiful but I was also not under any delusions that, oh, this is going to take off, I'm suddenly going to get someone with this. I just looked at it for what it was. It was a payday, it was an opportunity to get advice, it was, you know, it's it's good, I suppose, on the CV to say you've done that, but I don't know necessarily the industry always respects it as much as it should because here's the reality with extras work. Sure, yeah, anyone can be in a crowd, right? I get it, I understand. But sometimes you have to do stuff that does actually require acting and, you know even though you might feel brushed aside or whatever, you're still doing it. You're still doing something. And I've had other friends who've said, you know, well, you're on set, you know, that's better than not being on set. So I I guess my point with this is it's, it's all about perspective and what you are looking to get out of it. But yeah, it's, it's hard. It's not easy. It can really kind of crush you sometimes. Um, and I, I you know like you spoke about like how you, you sometimes you have like people that seem deluded or seem like, yeah. like and, and and that's it's a funny aspect to it like you know you get in conversations with people and most people see it the same way they're like yeah you know it's a bit of money whatever i'm working on this oh great let's follow each other let's work on something right exactly yeah brilliant yeah, yeah. but then you get people and it's like there's that hope there and i i think it's beautiful keep on to that but at the same time the chances are so low like you got to do put the i'm not saying not do extra stuff like keep it on the site keep doing that but also yeah build up your monologues build up your profile get on spotlight keep emailing agents until they get sick of the sight of you and have to give you something <laughs> you know do what me and aziz are doing post online daily all the time like aziz posts um, skits and other funny things, and and gives and gives clips of him acting as well. I do the same. I put like auditions online. I do regular live streams where I promote myself. Like, it's it's for fun. It's also to promote oneself, and that's really an integral part of being an actor and trying to push yourself through. You have to be a salesman. You have to like promote yourself all the time. You have to be not afraid to say like, yeah, I do this. I'm an actor, and and that's another thing as well. And it's something that I learned to do. Don't say I'm an aspiring actor or I'm hoping to do this. If you've yeah. acted on something, you are an actor, right? Now, maybe you're not a very good actor and you have to work <laughs> at it, but you're still an actor. You're still doing yeah. it. So don't put yourself down. Like have that belief in yourself and push through. And hey, who knows? You'd be like Aziz and you start making it. <laughs> so there you go. It's <laughs> just just the beginning, <laughs> but yeah.
1: And what, what you're doing? Um, are you still are you still doing a bit of extra work here and there, or
0: here and there? Um you know i do like part-time at the bar as well to make ends meet and Oof. and again you know I, I see it for what it is um but with extra stuff as well it's it's tricky because you know how it is like they're like oh are you available this date this date this date?" and you say yes and then you hear last minute and it's like well i'm already committed to the bar at this point they've given me work i'm gonna take the work not uh maybe at like 11 p.m. at night. Oh, are you available (laughs) to come in tomorrow? 5 a.m. start. Like, come on, (laughs) be ridiculous. Like, it's ridiculous. And That's the thing
1: about it, isn't it? That's sometimes uh, a bit,
0: yeah. Well, yeah, and and that's the thing. Like, I'm a flexible guy, but like, come on, man. Like, you're just being ridiculous at this point. (laughs) Especially if it's like, like, I live in Manchester, right? And you've got a kind of, if I'm trying to get to like Liverpool for a certain time, for argument's sake, you know, there's a certain kind of I don't know timeline where it's after which it's not possible anymore and it's you know what I mean like I mean I don't know for anyone who's tried to get last minute trains and you (laughs) see like how extortionate prices are even coaches sometimes you know it's you got to plan this stuff ahead but but yeah I I guess I just wanted to kind of get your thoughts on that and 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 like you know just just kind of illustrate the point that like people need to be doing a lot of different things not just putting all their eggs in one basket
1: 100 percent
0: a few other questions relate to acting and then we'll get into what you do online. Um, what advice could you give to actors who are aiming to get signed by an agency or maybe just starting out?
1: Um, well, firstly, you've got to go to drama school. <laughs> I, I, I know people think that they, I mean, I, I always felt like I could act. I felt like I knew how to do it. Mm-hmm. But going to drama school just kind of being around other actors and just, it's, it's kind of just like practice. I mean, when I, when I look at footballers, for example, they train almost every day. Right. They don't stop training. Like mm-hmm. they, you need to always do it. So for me, it was like, if I go to drama school and kind of just get into the habit of always acting, always being able to kind of get into character, learning lines, like just things like that, that that's what it was for me. But then that also had a limit. For me, it was like, I did it for about two years, And then, yeah, so some drama schools, obviously, they have their own agencies. So that's a really good thing, like you, that's a very easy way to kind of get in. It's like, you go to drama school, you get an agent, bang, you're on spotlight, you're gonna start doing blah, blah, blah. Um, But also, what we're doing, like you have to take advantage of social media. I I don't understand how people don't wanna do it. I, I know it's, for some people, they don't understand how it works. I didn't like you didn't, but you just like the opportunity is there, man. You mm-hmm. got to, you can post videos online. Like, I've got jobs through through my social media. Like, oh, really? Yeah. So I worked with two big YouTubers um, on these projects, and they saw my videos online and they they reached out to me. I went an audition for them and things like. Do you know what I mean? Like anything can happen, and I I got my first agent actually through my first acting agent saw me online and was like, have you got an agent? I said, no, she said, let's have a meeting. Just because she saw my videos. So Amazing. that's what I mean. Like you've got to just, yeah, you got to take opportunities like social media. Obviously everyone says network, 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 but you don't want to be annoying. You know, like you don't want to just speak to everybody and annoy everybody. Like. I, I used to have this friend that like whenever we, we used to work as extras for, for years and I was always on set with this one guy. Every time we went on to set, he would be hassling the
0: director. And, and I, Ooh, that's a no-go oh, right there.
1: Fringe, man. I, could, I couldn't deal with it. I, I could get you kicked off
0: if you do honestly, that. Huh? Some, he,
1: he, the director was like, can someone just get rid of this guy? And they just had to pull him aside and they said, if you speak to him one more time, you're off. Because imagine the director's trying to work. And you're just in his ear, like, meh, meh, meh. like it was just so awkward. But um, yeah, so like, network is great. Yeah? yeah. But also, something that really helped me, I, I found some local theatres and I signed up, went and auditioned. I did a play for, which lasted for about a week. But the whole aspect of going to rehearsals every week and then performing for seven days in a row like for me that was like a crazy experience because it just made me firstly it made me understand can I do this you know because some people have this dream like I want to be an actor but sometimes you don't know if you're like if you can handle it um in a way where because it's a confidence thing yeah like Mm -hmm. with acting you've got to be able to do it when you it's, it's like, yeah, you, so you're performing. You're like a sports star. You're, you're an entertainer at the end of the day. If the camera's on and they say go, you can't be like, oh, wait, I'll, let me just go and like, have... Like, yeah, you might get a trump, but do you know what I mean? Like, you've got to be yep. ready to go. So for me, the theatre thing was a good experience to, to test myself to say, am I able to do this when, when it matters? And it helped me. Um, so yeah, things like that, and obviously signing up to Star Now, Mandy, Backstage, you have to do that. Like it's, it's key Um, because you start at the bottom, you start with these student jobs or these low budget jobs, but then you never know, you might end up like, I I found a job for Guinness on man! Yeah, could you imagine like, it was actually during lockdown and we were in, um, you know how they had the bubbles, like everyone, whoever was living together. And imagine at the time I was with like five or six actors and mad luck, and bro, honestly, it, it gets even better. We were all so diverse. There was two black, there were two, there was one black guy, one black girl, one white girl, one white guy, one, white guy, one Mediterranean guy, one Mediterranean girl. Like, it start was, a show with that, honest, honestly, <laughs> mate, it, was, it was just so diverse. And like, whenever we applied for roles, they were really interested in us. And yeah, we got this Guinness job, great money, like, honestly, it was so good. And just through Star Now, but yeah, so that's kind of what I would advise but also you just, yeah, you have to, you really have to believe in yourself, man. I I can't, I can't explain. I have so many down days where I'm like, maybe I'm not good enough. I have it all the time but you have to have this really strong mentality where you're just like, shut the fuck up. You're a star. Do you know what I mean? Like, you need to always, it's like, yeah, it's like when I, I, I know I compare it to sports all the time but like, when I see sports stars and they walk onto that pitch, I'm like, is, is like they're focused, you know, they, mm-hmm. they know that they, they're the guy or whatever, or the girl. But like, yeah, you've just, you've really got to believe in yourself. And it's, it sometimes feels very delusional. It does. You're like, am I living in a fantasy world? And even your parents or your friends might be like, come on, man, like you're 30, like, well, like you got to get a proper job and all that, you know. But listen, I, as soon as, I started to see some sort of momentum. The fact that I was like, "Why? okay, I'm getting jobs, I'm getting auditions. Maybe I have got something here, you know? And that kind of gave me the hope as well. I mean, some people may not have got any opportunity for a long time, but I'm not saying quit. I'm just saying like, you do need to see some sign of like, this is for me because it might not be for you, you know? Um, But yeah. That's kind of some sort of advice, I guess.
0: Could not agree with all of you. Thank you very much for sharing that. Um, yeah, th- there was something this year that just like, I don't know, I guess a switch just turned in my head. And it was, part of it was when I stopped referring to myself as aspiring and I was like, no, I am an actor. I've been doing this like five years now, mm. working like productions all around the world, all sorts of stuff. I yeah. am an actor, but then there's, there is that battle. And I think in a way, it's good. It keeps you grounded. You know, it means that you're never going to become like an egotist. But at the same time, you do have to have a certain degree of like belief in yourself. You have to be like, yeah, you know what? I am. I'm brilliant. I'm good enough. I can do this. You have to keep working at it, you know, always. Um, Even if you are killing it, you still got to, you know, for example, when I was on Hollyoaks, um, there was a guy on set who's one of the lead cast. And he says, like, even to this day, despite having done acting for like, 20 plus years he still gets lessons to this day yeah uh, and he has his own theater group and everything and he does all these things but he's still honing his craft always um and i think anyone who is working on any kind of thing like particularly like creative you know you gotta always be practicing always working on it always pushing yourself and a belief in yourself is like probably maybe the biggest part of it like when you're on set and you've got something, you're like, oh wow, I can't believe they picked me. You know what, of course they'll pick you, because you're brilliant. You deserve to be there. There's a reason that you're in that spot. So go and nail it, kill it. Prove why you deserve to be in that spot. 100%, 100%. Right, let's do some weird shit. What's the craziest thing you've ever seen happen on set? (laughs) (laughs) Craziest? Or just like weird, or I don't know, just Because I think the acting industry is a lot like the circus sometimes. It's a bit...
1: I mean, the, I've seen funny things happen. or I've seen like shocking things happen, but... All right, let's go there. I, shocking. Yeah. I mean, so I've seen people get thrown off set. Something, something like that. Like, there was... Um, we were working on Mission Impossible. Um, we were all extras. And um, we, I met this guy. I, I won't say his name. Yeah. because he's kind of well-known in a... He's actually a sports star, which is really weird. He's a sports star. He, he's he got, like, a lot of followers on Instagram. And um, anyway, he wanted to become an actor. Okay. So he was on set with us, and I was just being... You know how it is when you're an extra. you They, they say to you, you sit here, you sit here, you end up talking. Like, it's just you start yeah. talking to the person. So it was me, him, and the, and a girl on the table, and... I was trying to talk to him, like, oh, what's your name? What'd you do? Blah, blah. blah. And he was like, yeah, I'm, I'm a boxer. Yeah, I've got blue tick on Instagram. Ah, I was like, that's a I weird say. thing to say. Like, I leave yeah. you after your name.
0: like." I'm a blue tick the, player, brother. Like, what? Literally. <laughs> and, and even the girl next
1: to me was like, who's this
0: idiot kind of thing? Especially anyway, now, because i just interject real quick. Like, because you have to pay for the tick, so the tick doesn't mean exactly. anything anymore. <laughs> yeah. That, anyway.
1: Like, it's, it's so true. The value has completely gone. But like, yeah, so anyway, it was it was just a bit weird. And I remember I was trying to speak to him and all he kept doing was just talking about himself and he never asked me one question and I thought, all hmm. right, cool. That's that's just the kind of guy he is, he's a bit of an arrogant guy, whatever. I'll just avoid him. And then I I kept seeing him speaking to lots and lots of girls, and I was like, hmm, okay. He's a bit he's just trying to shut up every girl. And and then one of the girls came over to me and and um so this was filmed uh Out of London, and we were all staying in a hotel, which was a sick experience.
0: Wow, that's cool. Imagine
1: we were all staying in a hotel, like 100 extras, and like every time we were on set, we'll come back to the hotel, go for dinner together, have a bunch of drinks. It was so fun. It was honestly one of the best experiences, like such a sick, such a sick time. But then, like, we're going to bed at like two, getting (laughs) up at four, like getting on set. Oh my, it was mad. Anyway, so this guy has turned around, and he's asked two to three different girls, do you want to come back to my room tonight? Literally just, just straight up. And I was like, what? And they were telling me at the time, they were literally coming over to me, they were like, oh, have you spoke to these guys? A bit of a creep. Anyway, obviously, you know, on set, we're not always allowed to bring our phones. They take right. the phone away from you when you, yeah. So they put it in a little box. It's locked away with extras. You know how strict they are. Anyway. We didn't have our phones that day. He snuck his phone in, this guy. He's oh. sitting on the corner. Yeah, he, and he's like, he's sitting somewhere private. I don't know. He kind of like went behind a curtain or something and he's filming himself. And he's like, yo, like, I'm on set, blah, blah, blah. Mm. And one of the girls he approached saw him and was like, you know what? This guy's a creep. I'm going to get him trucked off. She went over to the uh, to the to one of the ADs, was like, this guy's on his phone. He's filming himself blah blah they've literally approached him they said come here give us your phone open that up show us your videos right now yeah and there was all the proof was there and he got chucked off immediately and that was just a bit of a mad one like because i've never seen someone actually get thrown off set and he was just done like and you know how it is that you can get blacklisted and right yeah they'll never never use you again um but yeah that was that was a bit mad i remember i was quite shocked because. Yeah, it just happened like that. Gone, you know? You've
0: got, you got to be so careful. Like, I remember one time I was doing a, a feature and we were all extras. We were just mucking around in the yeah. background. And this guy, he, if he ever watches, he'll know. <laughs> and I'm such an idiot for this, right? Because we did have our phones on us, but we weren't obviously like recording because like, just as a side rule, guys, when you're on set, don't film anything. Definitely don't post anything on social media. <laughs> um, but like, he goes like, oh, take a picture now of him like mm-hmm. not any, anything it just zoomed in of him and yeah. then fucking one of the ADs comes over and they're like show sure, us what's on your phone I'm like oh. oh of course and then I see him in the corner of my eye just going "Right," because I'm, <laughs> I'm taking the bait because I'm an idiot <laughs> and, then, and then I'm like that's fine I'm just taking pictures of my mate right? and he's like yeah just delete those and I'm like yeah it's fine and luckily it wasn't a problem you know obviously yeah, yeah, yeah. that's, that's more than, I understood like the issue but you you, you got to take it really seriously i mean yeah, yeah. and that's the thing um it's like what i said earlier about professionalism you know that's part of it you know there yeah. the rules are in place for a reason and when you don't follow the rules you know yeah you're going to get in shit and uh, it's weird when you get someone who thinks they're above the rules and it's like it, it's just not cool it's not professional and it no means, exactly yeah you're not going to get work in the future so more yeah, man, just you, I respect guess.
1: the rules that's it it's very simple that you're there to work at the end of the day people forget like of course being on set is amazing it's fun uh, everyone's a bit weird because we're all creatives you know like we're yeah. not we're not your normal people but yeah I, I i i try i try to be professional I, I, as much as i want to have fun you gotta be professional man
0: you mentioned earlier about people being delusional Um, And I've had some interesting interactions with people on set. What would you say is like the weirdest or most delusional interaction you've had with someone on set?
1: Do you know what? I'll never forget this guy. I just can't get over it. It was, (laughs) I I don't want to sound like a prick. Yeah.
0: (laughs) No, I mean, I I will will add to this as well. Like everyone's got a story. I've got plenty of where you, you meet someone and maybe they start listing off their CV or whatever and it's just awkward and you sit there and you try to be polite but you're like okay all right I'm gonna go get some (laughs) water like
1: (laughs) literally and then because there are so many strange people on set like there was there was I'll tell you two stories I'll keep I'll keep one of them short there was this one guy that um he was older than us and he was I think he was in his 60s And there was a bunch of us that were, like, in our 30s. And it was all, like, three or four young guys. We were just, like, sitting around having bants. And this 60-year-old guy just kept trying to interact with us. Obviously, there's... I'm not being ageist or anything. But, like, it was... It felt a bit awkward because it felt like he kept trying to get involved with us. Anyway, and every time we spoke to him, all he did was say to me, oh, you know, like, I've got my own driver. Oh, you know, I drive a Bentley. And I'm like, why are you telling me this? Like, and then in the end, we, w- we were just, like, trying to avoid him the whole time because all he ever did was, if I said something, he be like, oh, yeah, yeah I've got a yacht. And I'm, like, it would, do you know what I mean? Like, you know those kind of people, you know, like, yeah. oh, I've got a Mercedes. Is that well, I've got a Bentley? Well, I, I, bro, it's not a competition. I'm just trying to talk. Anyway, that was one guy. He was really annoying. But it was kind of funny. Like, whenever I think about it, I just laugh.
0: Well, I always think as well, like, in the context of that, like, I would just think, well, why the fuck are you here then? Apparently just for
1: fun. I mean, oh, okay. All right. Fair, fair. Like, I'm not judging. I'm not like, but like, it's just weird to talk about. Like, showing off in that sort of way to a bunch of young guys. Like, why do you think we care? Like, I don't know what you were trying to achieve. You know, it was one of their moments. Anyway, the, the second one, I remember I sat down um, on a tape. You, you, did you work through COVID, by
0: the way? No. Uh, I only had like one project that whole year. Oh man, it was
1: horrendous. It was so bad. The way that they used to do sh- social distancing and the masks and the COVID tests, like I got so sick of it. Every time you went in, you would have about three COVID tests a day. Yes. They would make, they would put, they would make everyone sit like on a long table, and you had to sit like two meters apart. You had masks on and blah 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 people would cu- there was covid police literally if you if you removed your mask for 1 second they'll be screaming at you like wow there was one there was one day i remember mission impossible where someone literally screamed at me and i i i went over to them afterwards and i was like listen you don't understand like you're pissing me off like i can't breathe all i did was pull my mask down for like a second and anyway that's another story but yeah so i, sat, I remember i sat in front of this guy he was probably in his 40s Um, and he looked a bit like, he was wearing like really old clothes. Um, he looked a bit scruffy, you know, like his hair was, was a bit messy. His teeth were a bit dodgy. Like there was just, I I would, I, I just, I didn't really know what to think, but you know, with instant, um, judgment. Yeah. I could have been completely wrong. Anyway, we sat down. I'm like, oh, so what's your name? What'd you do? Blah, blah. He's like, yo, I'm an actor. I said, oh, okay, um, so what you have been in? And he started naming all these Hollywood films. He was like, yeah, I was in, uh, I don't know, Mission Impossible, but literally all the big films, like Fast and Furious, Tom and Jerry, because I know they were working on them in <laughs> London. And I was like, oh, what was your role? He was like, oh yeah, I was in the crowd. I was like, "Yeah." oh, so, so was it an acting job or was it an extra job? And he was like, oh, it was an extra job. I yeah. said, okay. I said, so what acting jobs have you done? He was like, no, my jobs have all been extra work. And I right. said, okay, so have you done any acting work? And he was like, no. I said, but in my head, I'm like, I just asked you and you told me you were an actor. And I'm not trying to say that- No, no. Don't be, but, but yeah, so then I started saying to him, so, so have, you, um, ha- have you been to drama school? He said, no. I said, okay, have you got an agent? No. Have you been on spotlight? No. Have you got a show reel? No. I said, and in my head, I'm like, w- why does this guy think he's an actor? I'm like, what? I'm confused. So, yeah. I, was like, so I said to him, listen, mate, I-, I don't mean to be rude, but do you mind if I give you a bit of advice? I said, and then I was like, you know, I- I'll do a bit of acting myself. And I was kind of like halfway through my thing, but I was on spotlight. I had an agent and I had a bit of a showreel. I was still early days, but I said, maybe you should consider this kind of thing. And he was like, nah, nah, no, nah, nah. I'm, I'm, I'm quite happy being an extra. Like, I know one okay. day that someone's just gonna, someone's just gonna pick me to be a star.
0: Oh. And I was
1: like, fucking hell, this is delusion. I was like, this is, this is delusion, because you're not trying to do anything apart from come to sit as an extra in the hope that you get picked. And I felt sorry for him. I genuinely felt sorry. I was like, mate, imagine walking around with this mindset i don't know i just i was i was
0: confused it's it's tragic it's because the thing is and i'll add to this as well like you made an important distinction there between like extras work and acting work and again we're not taking away from extras work here but as far as like how the industry sees it and like casting directors like i got some advice given to me by an industry professional recently and they were like listen that extra stuff that you're featuring on your spotlight and your website that makes it look like you're just a career extra and mm. i I took it into account, I was like all right, and I sort of buried it like so it's still there, but it's not featured anymore. It's like mm. you know, like yeah, I've done extras work, but it's not yeah. like he- here's what I've done in acting, and exactly. that's the way you gotta look at it, like nothing wrong with doing extras work, but make sure you're doing the other stuff and you're building like the building exactly. blocks 100%. now, moving on, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you this, and I know everyone will be screaming at me. This is how I discovered you, and I think this is how a lot of people have probably discovered you. in your own words (laughs) please explain your love for kebabs (laughs) I
1: just had one for lunch by the way
0: (laughs) of course you did it's consistent it's part (laughs) of the brand
1: (laughs) It's, it's part of the package Bro, real- I will.
0: I will say. Just, like, I'm waiting for the day that you do like a kebab commercial or something. I'm just. Oh, I, w- I want to see it. I. J- it's please universe make it happen. <laughs> well,
1: I. I think I. I. I don't think I've ever had an audition for one, but uh <laughs> anything food related, I get excited over. Yeah. But uh, listen, I mean, I'm. I'm of Turkish-Cypriot background. Cool. Kebabs are in our culture, firstly, um, but for me. Yeah, I mean, my family, we, we, I love it. Like, I think it's like, funny enough, yeah, my, my viewers will hate this, but my favourite food is actually pizza. <laughs> <gasps>
0: what?
1: I what? know, I know. Outrageous. <laughs> I'm a fraud.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too, yeah. man, me too.
1: <laughs> you know, you know. Like, listen.
0: Yo, pizza kebab.
1: There, is, You know, do you know who Haaland is? I don't, I'm afraid. Oh, okay. He's a footballer that plays for Man City. Oh, and, oh, sorry.
0: Yeah, yeah, Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So
1: he'd done an interview recently, and they were, they were asking him, like, what's your favorite food? And he was like, I love kebab pizza. And they were like, what Hell kebab yeah. pizza? Like, this is a footballer, you know, a professional athlete. Yeah. Anyway. But, yeah, no, listen, my love for kebab. I mean, the thing about kebabs, which I thought, um, the reason that they went into my videos so much is because everyone who goes on a night out can, can relate to the late night kebab. It's That's a true. very, like, it's a thing that people do. It's like, go out, have a few drinks, 2 a.m., kebab shop's open, let's go get a kebab, you know? It was one of those things. And when I first started kind of doing video, because my, my first videos ever were just ethnic. It was like ethnic dad and son oh, argument cool. all the time. That was kind of like my theme. And then I started to think, what can I do things that are more related to the British public? So it was like, right, I could use my ethnicity with the kebabs, but something that an everyday British person can relate to. And everyone loves a drink, obviously in Britain. Like it's such a big thing. It's like, Maybe what's the culture early. of Britain? Yeah, literally like, <laughs> let's go have a drink. But that's kind of where I, that's how I kind of integrated it into my, my videos. I was like, right this is very relatable. I think a lot of people can understand this. So yeah, that's kind of how it all became a thing.
0: Why do you think kebabs are so popular in the UK? Because I mean, obviously it comes <laughs> from from other countries, but like it's yeah. become such a part of British culture. Like you mentioned, like 2AM kebab, we've all been there. We've all done that. Wh- wh- why do you think that is? <laughs>
1: I guess these Turkish kebab guys are the only ones that are willing to be open at this bloody time. Like, honestly. <laughs> just, just like, I mean, maybe if you're in... Um, do you ever come to London? Like, to, for go, to Once go in a blue
0: I'm, moon. No, uh, definitely not. <laughs> yeah,
1: so <laughs> there's, there's an area called Shoreditch. Yeah. Um, and it's like a trendy place to go out. Um, in Shoreditch, if you were to go out at 2am, loads of restaurants are open pizza curry Chinese turkey like everything's open so it's like it's crazy but yeah the kebab shops was like the original one where it was always open at night but now everywhere kind of thing but I think that's kind of what made it a thing like just the fact that they were open so late I get I think
0: (laughs) thanks for that I appreciate a couple of final questions for you that I ask all my guests What's the biggest mistake that you've made in life that you learned a valuable life lesson from? The biggest mistake I've made in life. That is a deep question. Keeping it deep on the Christian Reeve podcast. <laughs> I love it. I know I love it. I love it. These
1: these are nice questions.
0: Um I've I I always
1: do think I wish I started earlier. Um sure. But then again, it's. uh, I had such a great childhood. I had such a fun, like, YOLO-type attitude when I was growing up. Like, my my late teens and my early 20s was just absolute fun. Like, I used to go out, eat in lovely restaurants. Uh, You know when you first start earning money and you're like, oh, my Mm. God, I've got so much money. Like, let me go eat here. Let me go out and spend... 500 pounds, like in a club, like it was just so much fun. And I, I don't regret it, but there is a part of me that says, if I had started, if I had the mentality to kind of be able to be focused at a young mm. age, it would have been great. I'm, I'm not sure maybe if you can relate, but the way I, I'm, I'm 34 now, my mentality and the ability to kind of be like, right, this is my goal. It's is what I need to do to get it. I have to work on it every day. If I don't, like, the, the idea of discipline, you know, like, that was, that kind of came to me at a very late age. I wish it had come sooner, but then at the same time, I don't really regret that it didn't. I, I kind of, I've kind of accepted, like, this is my journey. It might happen when I'm 50, you know, like, who knows? But, um, yeah, yeah. I would say that's sort of a regret, but sort of a I I wouldn't call it a mistake, but um, yeah, maybe something like that. But then, uh, yeah, I can't think of a specific, you know, something that I did wrong where it's like, I've been, what was the exact question again? Sorry.
0: So like the biggest mistake that you made that you learned a valuable life lesson from.
1: There probably is something,
0: I'm sure there is.
1: Maybe I, I don't know. If, if, it, if it comes back to me, it'll come back to me. No but worries. I can't think of anything specific, man. Sorry.
0: What's the best advice you've ever received? In acting or in... Uh, it can be either. Whatever comes. Best
1: advice. I mean, there's a quote that I quite like that I hear quite often. The quote itself was basically to appreciate what you have but keep pushing basically and um in this industry it can it can eat you alive because for example when i first started i was like all i want to do is get one acting job that that's my dream i just want to get one acting job um and I'll be satisfied, you know? It's kind uh-huh. of, it's, it's, yeah, and it's it's similar to, like, even when I make content, I'm like, if I get 5,000 views, if I get 10,000 views, I'll be happy. You get there, and then you're like, I want 50,000 views. I want a million views. And then you're like, it's the same with the acting. It's like, oh, I earned this much money on this job. I, my next job has to be bigger, and it has to be better. So you need to kind of have the balance of I really appreciate where I am and you, have, you need to be grateful for it but keep pushing. Just just don't just don't be like, I wanna be here, but I'm really upset that I'm still here. It needs to be I'm happy I'm here, but I want to get to here. That that's kind of something that I really try to think of a lot because if you don't appreciate where you are, you're gonna be unhappy. You you will be because and Another thing is, like, there are people who would die to be in your position. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. I remember when I first, yeah, when I did one job, people were asking me, how the hell did you do that? Like, how? How? I I just want that one job. And I'm like, yeah, but I I want another job. Like, Mm -hmm. it's not, It's yeah. Do you know what I mean? That kind of thing. So, yeah, I would say that's a very important thing.
0: I'll add to this as well and yeah. I, I wonder if you can relate to this the reality of our industry is that you're always kind of looking forward so for example if you see an actor on the red carpet and they're promoting something they film that shit like a year before and they're yeah. working on like several projects at once I can say the same in my life and again exactly. you know, I'm not a success or anything but like I'm always working on several things at once. And, you know, once one project's done, you're like on to the next one. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of crazy. You're always looking for the next thing. And that's not to say that you don't appreciate what you have, but it's easy to get caught up in not kind of just taking a minute to like be like, hey, yeah, this is an amazing experience or I'm grateful to be here. Or, you know, just soaking it up. Like, Yeah, man. More and more in my life, I just learned to kind of just be in the moment, you know, exactly absorb it and then move on.
1: That's it, man. Yeah, you've got to be present. You have to be present.
0: And speaking of moving on, what's the biggest life lesson you've learned so far? Mm.
1: Life lesson. I mean, apart from what I just kind of explained, that's a tough one. Something different.
0: But let's Let's switch it a little bit as well. With that question, whenever I ask these questions, it's always my focus is always for that person specifically. So in your life, throughout the years, for everything you've been through, what would you say is the biggest life lesson that you've learned?
1: In all honesty, I think similar similar to what I've said just previously, but my biggest life lesson is like, we've got one life, man. We've got one life. Um. Yes, I understand, like, Everyone's circumstances are completely different. Like, I remember speaking to one of my friends recently, who, when I was young, we used to uh, do drama together, and um, he was the best actor. I remember I used to look up to him and be like, man, I wanna, I wanna act like him. He's so confident. Anyway, he chose a completely different path. He, he's got a nine to five. He, okay. I don't, I'm not even too sure what job he does. Yeah. He's got a family. He's got a wife. He's got a kid. Yeah. Um, And I saw him about a year or two ago. And he was like, oh, man, you're doing acting now. Like, that's amazing. And I'm like, "Bro, I thought you were going to be doing acting. Like, how am I doing it and you're not doing it when I-, I thought you were, like, the greatest actor ever? Anyway, um, and I said to him, why aren't you doing it? And he just looked at me. He was like, oh, don't, don't even remind me, man. Like, I... I It's deep inside him. I could see it. He was like, it's like he wanted to do it, but he was like, I've got a family. I can't just get up and become an actor, you know? You know what?
0: I think that's where it's wrong. What do you mean? Even even with your friend, look, he's got responsibilities. I get it. But hey, if he's ever listening to this, bro, it's Mm -hmm. never too late. Get out there. So many people have started so much later in life and have become successes. I could name a ton right now and I'm sure you could yeah, too. Like, exactly. And th- the reality is it's inside you. It's it, When there's something that you're born to do and you know you need to do it, you need to get that stuff out there because you're going to be happier for it and everyone else around you is going to be more than happy for it too. You know? 100%, man. I mean, if you don't release it, I mean, that's why you get so many people that end up getting bitter later in life. You know? 100%. Like, yeah, so there's...
1: I see so many miserable people around me because... All their life consists of is go to work, come home, right. deal with the kids, blah blah blah. And I'm not saying that's bad. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Look, like I said earlier, everyone's circumstances are different, and sometimes in that moment in time, your sole goal is to put food on the table. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get, I get that. And for example, like my parents, they they're immigrants. They they came to this country. They for them it was get any job. Just raise my kids, you know, and that made them happy. And I'm, I'm, I'm purely grateful for that. But someone like me, I've got, I had the opportunity where I was like, you know what, maybe I can do something I like. But yeah, going back to the original question, we've got one life. If you have, like you said, that burning desire inside you, you if you don't release it somehow, I don't care what you're going to do, go to a lo- go do local theater, go do stand up. Even if you don't become like the next best best thing, you'll enjoy that so much that you're still releasing what's inside of you. You know, like I'm sure you know the feeling. I'm such a creative that like I'm writing shit. I'm writing shit down every day. Mm-hmm. I, I see something happen in front of me and I'm like, oh my god, that's such a funny video idea. Boom, boom, boom. I'll write it down. Do you know what I mean? Like we can't help but be this way. It's just it's it's just the way we are. Um, and if you like, yeah, that's basically it, man. Like, I, I don't want to live with regret. I don't want to ever get old and think I didn't try. Because I think I personally think, like, I, I said this to my agent the other day. I said, the day I did Gangs of London, yeah, I was so happy that I was kind of like, if I die tomorrow, I wouldn't care. I know, I know that sounds insane, but do you know what I mean? It was kind yeah. of like, I've experienced something that I've always wanted to experience, and it was, just, it was just, yeah, it was just beautiful, man. And people should do that. It, and like I said, even if it means, I don't know, performing at a restaurant, man, like whatever, like why not?
0: Chasing dreams.
1: Yeah, man, why not?
0: Final question for you. Do you have any upcoming projects or some final thoughts that you'd like to share with our listeners?
1: Um, yes, actually, I do. Really? Um, so I was involved in a short film called If Only... Um, and it's written and directed by... Oh, wait, hold on. I'm going to get his full name. <laughs> you don't remember the I've... name? I've oh. got his full name. His first name's Isla. Um, I think it's... Hold on. <laughs> I feel he's going to be pissed now. when he sees us. <laughs> he's
0: going
1: to be like, <gasps> how dare you? Uh, so, Isla Abdur Rahman. This is, this is him. I don't know there if you can go. see... Shut up. Yeah, so he's got he used to do a YouTube series called the corner shop network. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it was actually quite a big YouTube series. Uh, it was just about uh, people working in a corner shop and like some bands and stuff that would happen in there anyway. anyway yeah. So um, yes, yeah, so I've got a small role on there. It's, it's like a gang related story. Um, bit top boy, um, like that kind of style. Uh, but it's a, it's got a very powerful message, and it's actually based on a true story, um, to kind of help with gang violence and things like that. You know, we don't obviously no one wants that to go on, hmm. but yeah. So the story is I don't want to reveal too much, but yeah, it's gang-related uh, manipulation, grooming, things like that. It's wow. just a, it's a twenty-minute short film, or yeah, twenty to thirty minute. Um, so yeah, I was one of the, I was one of the gang members in that. Um, Yeah, it's called If Only, Uh, it's actually premiering in two weeks, um, but it won't be out online for a while because we're going to be submitting it to festivals and things like that. Um, So yeah, that's something that's, honestly, I'm really excited for that. It was such a cool project to work on. Um, But yeah, that's, that's what I've got coming up at the moment. The rest has been a bit of a dry period, to be honest with you. I haven't had any auditions in a while. It's um, that sometimes, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Like, I've been on my agent's case, and they're like, no, no, don't worry. It's just, it's just a quiet period at the moment. But, yeah, uh, final thoughts. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. Um, and, yeah, chase your dreams.
0: There you go. Thank you so much <laughs> for appearing on the show, man. Absolute pleasure. Very proud of you, and we'll be always you, rooting for you. And uh, yeah, to all the listeners of the Christian Reef podcast, as always, thank you for listening. Make sure that you go and join the Discord. Check out the podcast, wherever you listen to the podcast. Check out the Patreon content as well, patreon.com slash Christian Reef. But most importantly, be safe, be well, and I'll see you in the next one.